I'm excited this morning. When I look in Scripture to give some context for where we're going this morning, when we look at who God is and we look at Scripture, we can see clearly that our God is a God of improvement. Our God is a God of development. Here's what I mean. Where God is, it gets better. Uh, The entire narrative of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation uh, is a story of God's redemption plan uh, for His rebellious people, right? That that God does His best work with those who need the most work. (laughs) And I I don't know if you can join me this morning, but I I could say, God, I could use some work. Uh, I could use some work in my heart and my mind this morning. Yeah, we, we see at the end of this book that, man, we have now been saved and drafted into a family through Jesus. And now where we stand is we are being saved. That, that you and I have been saved, and now we're in this process of being saved. That, that God loved us so much that he met us exactly where we were at. But he didn't stop there. He, he loves us too much to leave us where he found us. Yeah, I believe this morning that God wants to do an improving work in our lives, specifically in our minds, in our thought life. I know this to be so true that God is not just the God of our hearts, He's the God of our minds. If you could open up with me to Philippians 4, verses 8 to 9. This is Paul, Apostle Paul, he's writing this. He says, finally, finally, brothers, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is a lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And this is where we're landing this morning right here. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. The title of my sermon this morning is Get Your Head Right get your head right. If you could tap your neighbor real quick, just tell them with a little bit of sass, get your head right. Get your head right. You guys are sassy. I can see from up here. That's crazy. All right, hey, I'm going to pray real quick before we start. If you join me. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity we get to be in your house. I got to be with your people. God, we just ask that you speak to us this morning. God, would it be your voice that we hear? Uh, God, however we walked in this room this morning, whatever we feel like we came in carrying, uh, God, we ask uh, that, that we walk this, we leave this room not the same, uh, but God, having been changed from the inside out. Because God, we believe that's what your word does. God, when we put it in, it changes something that we cannot change on our own. So God, we ask that you speak to us this morning. God, I'm gonna do my best to preach, but God, would it be you who speaks? In your name. Everyone said. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give a hand for the band? Thank you guys, you guys are good. Thank you so much. So good, I love these guys. Hey, uh, Proverbs 23.7, Proverbs 23.7 says this, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. That as a man thinks within himself, so is he. 
I, I find it natural, it's just human nature, it's natural for us to talk about how we feel about things, right? It's just, it's who we are. But what we don't often talk about, what comes a little harder for us is, is what we think about things and, and how we think. But, but the head is incredibly important. The, the, the head represents government. The, the head represents leadership. And no matter where you're at in this room, however long you've been following Jesus, maybe uh, you're here this morning, you're like, I don't even know what this Jesus thing is about. Well, you're in a good place. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, uh, to be honest, I just started following Jesus. I'm figuring it out. That's amazing. Or maybe you're in here and you're a veteran in the faith. You, you've been in it for a while. That's amazing. Wh wherever you're at this morning, uh, we can all agree on one thing, that, that our thought life can be a struggle. Oh, it's just me? Okay, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought life can be a struggle. Like, you ever thought that thought before that's like, did I really just think that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like if my coworker heard what I was thinking right now in my head, I, right? It's like, like, you're just like, man, my boss would fire me if they heard what I'm thinking, right? right? It's like, like I, damn, why am I still thinking about that? I thought that was from a, years ago, right? It's like, we all struggle with our thoughts. I, we all do. And, and I, I want to ask us this morning, does your thought life look like the unsettled world that we live in? Because if anything is, you know, promised, it's that this world is an unsettling place. And I want to ask if your mind reflects that. Because even if your life looks peaceful on paper, even if you've got your college degree and you know where you're going in life and you've got the 401k and the raw, even if you've got it all, the wife, the kids, the house, even if it looks peaceful on paper, you can still be fighting a war in your mind. And what happens is, is disordered thoughts breed disordered emotions. So all of a sudden what's on the inside begins to make its way to the outside. We've all seen this before, right? It's, it's, well, I'm keeping this in here, but you can't keep it in for long because eventually it starts making its way out. I want to ask, where is our thought life at this morning? Where is it at? And the, the, the problem I, I really believe that this scripture is addressing this morning is simply that, that you and I can fall into the trap of believing that a healthy mind comes naturally, that we can have a sound mind downloaded by default. See, what we find in Scripture this morning is there is a battle for our imagination. Why? Because if the enemy has our thoughts, the enemy has our future. But Paul says this this morning. Paul says, hey, it is actually our responsibility to manage our mind, to manage our mind. And you and I, when we set our minds on Jesus, when we set our minds on him, we, we come to meet the God of peace. And we see this in Philippians right here. If you can go to Philippians 4 with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Paul, okay, Paul wrote this. Paul writes it right here, Philippians 4, 8 to 9. If it, just for a bit of context here, Paul, <clears throat> Paul is, uh, he, he's a, he was called and converted by God, literally out of the sky, God pops out of heaven, and God's like, hey, you're, I'm going to be using you for a special purpose. Paul wrote most of the New Testament, planted a ton of churches. Paul's, Paul's like the man, okay? 
called and converted. And Paul's writing to this church that he had written to. This church is located in Philippi, which is why it's called the book of Philippians, right? He's writing to this church, and Paul's tight with this church, right? He planted this church like he knows them by name, like He's probably got personal secret handshakes with these guys, you know, just like he's got it all. Like he knows these guys, they're tight. And he's writing this, this letter of encouragement to them. Now, <clears throat> not all of Paul's letters are letters of encouragement. Some you read and you're like, ooh, you know, but this one was like, this was encouraging, right? And Paul was reading, writing this to them, and this was his final encouragement. So he encouraged them all, and this is his final encouragement that he's writing to them. And the reason I want to hone in on this is because usually last words matter. When someone's finishing up, someone's finished the race, that, that last thing they say, we should probably lean in a little bit. Take the notes out. So he says this. He says, finally... <clears throat> Excuse me. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, when he's saying whatever, it's like this, this uh, umbrella statement. He's just saying anything under this, right? Cough drop. Thank you. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, Anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Saying, think about these things. Thank you, Mike. Can we give a hand for Mike? My goodness, Mike, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. No, seriously, I love Mike, dude. He's my favorite. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Thank you, Mike. Like, he sounds like he's dying up there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Paul says, Paul says, think about these things. Think about them. No, no, don't don't feel these things. He didn't even say, I want you to do these things. He said, I want you to think about these things. Why? Because actions don't start as actions. Actions start as thoughts. Right? Come on. Every moral failure didn't start as a decision. It started as a thought. And the way you and I process, we process like this. Dallas Willard, he says that we process through ideas and images. We, we process through ideas. This is ideas right here. You see that? We, we process through ideas. This is how the world works. This is how, you know, we should be living. This is my idea of success. This is my idea of marriage. And then we also process the world through Images, we, we, this is how we see the world. We have images pop up into our head, you know, images of the good life or images of, of what used to be or images of what can be, right? We, we process through these ideas and images and Paul is simply saying, yeah, it matters what we dwell on. It matters what we think about because my tomorrow is determined by what I dwell on today. The future is determined by what I'm thinking about now. And you and I, if we can be honest, we always question our season of life, but we never question the thoughts that got us there. And Paul is simply saying, hey, let, let's think about this here because our thoughts breed decisions and our decisions breed seasons. So it matters what we dwell on. Because we find ourselves in spaces and places that our thoughts brought us. And Paul is saying, no, we, we've got to... Think about it. And the, the reason, because this matters so much, there's a struggle. It says it right here. If we go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, Paul writes this as well. This is to another church. Paul says this. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, 
we are not waging war according to the flesh. You catch that? We walk in the flesh. We're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, catch this part right here, raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. <clears throat> so Paul's saying this. Hey, it matters so much what our thought life is. So much that there is a battle for our imagination. And this spiritual war is against what? It's against our knowledge of God. Catch me this morning. It's against our knowledge of God. Why? Can I tell you, the enemy is not creative. He's not. It's actually been the same tactic since the beginning. Genesis 3.1. The first thing the enemy said was, did God really say? Did God really say that? The enemy did not hit Eve with a brick, but with an idea. The, the enemy didn't come at her with a sword, but with a thought. Did, did God really say? Are you really healed? Are you really saved? Are, are, come on, let's be honest. Are you really delivered, though? Mm, no, but you're, stink, you're still thinking about that past thing. Ah, but this is who you really are. Ah, is he really provider? So the enemy starts to come out what we think about God. What we think about God is under attack. A.W. Tozer said what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Why? Because you and I will always live inconsistently with how we see God. I've said this before. When we see God as an angry God, we live in fear. If I see God as a God who does not provide for me, I live stingy. See, when I don't see God as designer, I do not see myself as designed. Therefore, I am what I make me. When, when I don't see God, when I see God as hiding happiness from me, well, I'll seek pleasure outside of him. See, what we see, who, when we, we, it matters how we see God. The enemy doesn't have to get us to sin if he can get us to see God wrong. But I believe even now that there is a hunger that is rising up in the church. I believe it even as we are worshiping. There's a hunger that is rising in the church. There's a hunger that is rising in our region that is for more than just saying yes to God, but knowing God. I believe there's a hunger that says, I don't just want to give you my Sunday. I want to give you my every day. God, I don't just want the things of God. I want all of you. And we are in a battle right now, and the beauty is this. We know who's on our side. I have a God that goes before me, behind me, all around me. And the beauty of this battle is you and I are not fighting from a place of defeat, but from a place of victory. For our God has already won the battle. No power of hell can prevail against the power in the presence of the great I am. We've got the authority. We've got this battle for our mind, and Paul says, no, it's coming after, but, but don't worry. He, he gives us a practical way forward. He says this, Philippians 4. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
He's not interested. He's practiced them. You ever gone soccer practice before? Sports practice? Practice it over and over. Practice. Pra Why? Why is he saying this? He says, put these into practice, and then the God of peace will be with you. Oh, okay. I, I think the problem he might be addressing here is that some of us, we, we want the peace of God without the practice. We, we want the peace without the practice. We, we, we want the weight loss without the lifestyle change, right? We, 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 we want the... We want the job with, without the application. And no, Paul is saying, hold on, it's our responsibility to manage our mind. That we've actually got an authority to manage our mind. See, the superpower that we've been given as God's creation is we get to decide what we think about. Right? It's, we get to decide that. God has given us dominion over what we let in. He's given us dominion over, authority over the eye gate and the ear gate. Are you with me this morning? Okay, awesome. Yeah, he, he's given this to us. It is in our mind because we put it there. That's what he's saying this morning. He's saying, think about these things. Practice these things. And oh my goodness, I, I feel like so often we give so much credit to the enemy. The enemy's attacking me. The enemy's attacking me. Maybe he is. Or maybe we just keep going back to the same thought. The enemy hasn't had to attack us. I want you to think about these things. Practice these things. He's saying that right here. And, and, and this is this process. Okay, how you can join me up here. This is this process in, in scripture, which is called sanctification, okay? Say that three times fast. This, that's that process of, of, of being saved. This is this process of, of paving new pathways in our mind. Like, you know, when you're just going through a jungle? I don't know if you ever did that before. Probably no one, but you're, you're, you're paving pathways, right? It, this neuroplasticity that our brain has, we're, we're paving pathways and we're saying this. We're saying, God, I trade my idea about this for your idea about this. Are you with me? We say, God, I, 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 take, I take my image, I take my image of the world, and I trade it for your image of the world. This is what this is. This is practice. God, I take, I take my idea of sexuality, and I trade it for your idea of sexuality. God, I take my idea of marriage, and I trade it for your idea of marriage. God, I, I take my idea of how a family should run and I trade it for your idea of how a family should run. All of a sudden, we're, we're, we're in this process of sanctification and, and we can pray for a sound mind and I believe God can do it, but what we learn from Paul is that a sound mind is not a spiritual gift, but a learned skill. Paul's saying, think about these things. Practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. I, uh, one time, a few months ago, I, I, I had a newer believer come up to me, the same age as me, and he said, hey, uh, you know, man, I, I've gotten saved. I said, dude, that's amazing. He's like, I've been saved. <clears throat> I've been going to church now consistently, but I'm confused. I said, what are you confused about? 
said, man, I'm just confused. I said, what, what are you confused about? He said, I'm confused because I've been saved. Like I said, I've been going to church consistently. Dude, I've been baptized. I'm like, dang, you're really saved. He's like, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm doing it all. He's like, I, I'm not even late for worship. And I'm like, you're, you're really saved, right? He's like, he's, he's got it all done. What? Right? He's got, and he's doing that. And I'm like, dang, bro, that's, I, why, are you, why are you confused? And he's like, I, I just, I'm confused. I said, why? He's like, said this to me, he said, I, I've been saved, but it doesn't feel like my mind has. I'm in church, but I'm still struggling. I'm in, I, I, I'm, I'm in church, but I'm still angry. I'm in church, but I'm still anxious. I've been following Jesus, but I'm still worried. I've been following Jesus, but I still lose sleep. I've been following Jesus, but this is still falling apart. I'm saved, but it doesn't feel like my mind's been. And to be honest, I couldn't give him an answer in the moment. I couldn't. But, but when I look in Scripture, I find one thing to be true. That we live in a fallen world. And as long as you and I live in a fallen world, worry does not disappear. Anxiety does not disappear. Perversion does not disappear. It doesn't. Depression, it doesn't disappear. No, no, no. The presence of faith does not equal the absence of struggle. But the presence of faith does mean one thing, that the struggle no longer has a hold. Can I tell you this morning that what Christ did was final. What was done on the cross was final. His blood on our lives was final. That you and I are no longer marked by what has stained us. We are marked by who has saved us. And that is called the grace of God. That we've been given what we didn't deserve. That's grace. That God, I don't deserve it, but you gave it. And God, it, it might not make sense to me today, but God, through this, I can give you a worship that even the angels can't give you. Who? I'm not working for this. It's your grace working in me. God, you're not opposed to effort. You're opposed to earning. So, God, I'm going to put this effort into just becoming you, knowing who you are, becoming like Jesus. It, it, is, it is everything. It's his grace. It's his grace that does the heavy lifting. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to help my dad carry the couch. But let's be honest, my dad was carrying the couch and my hands were on it. But my hands were on it. And I became stronger because of it. And I believe that there's a work of grace that God wants to do in our minds here. That some of you who for a long time have been following Jesus but have not experienced the sound mind that is promised in Scripture. And I'm not going to stand up here and promise you a price tag that says you can walk out of here with it. But I can promise you that the grace of God changes everything about everything. That you and I are in a battle for our imagination. However, Paul says it is our responsibility to manage our minds. And as you and I set our minds on Jesus... Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. I'm, I'm writing down, I'm, I'm taking a piece of paper, I'm saying this is, this is what I'm thinking, but God, this is your truth in Scripture. 
God, this is, this is what I'm thinking, but God, this is your truth in Scripture. I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm saying, God, I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after the true, what is lovely, what is pure, what is commendable, what is excellent. Jesus, I'm after you and who you are. And catch this, the God of peace will be with you. Matthew 28, Jesus said, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age that we have been given the promise of his peace. The call is this this morning. Can we set our minds on Jesus? Because the only reaction is to come in contact with the God of peace. If you could stand with me this morning. What do you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Read something for us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna ask this morning that God would drop the impartation of his peace in this room. That's for you this morning. If you'd stick, pull, hold your hands out in front of you. There's some in this room who are worried. <clears throat> worried about the past. Some in this room who are afraid of the future. Some in this room who it's been a while since you've got a good night's sleep. You wake up in it. Some of this room, we, we've, no matter how hard we tried, we've still been stuck in the cycles of perversion. Some in this room who honestly have, have just given up hope for living. Just given up hope that it'd be better not even being alive. Isaiah 26.3 you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. God, you keep him, you keep her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So God, we ask this morning that your peace would touch this room. Your peace would touch these minds. Jesus, we are more than just talking about you. God, we want to experience you. God, your peace is more than information. It is an impartation. Something, it, it is an experience, a 24-7. But I believe even now that we are in the, the, the beginning of a revival that you're not only doing in this church, but in our region, in California. And God, the way the world will know its revival is because it comes with a peace that surpasses all understanding. So God, in this moment now, we say, would you mark our minds with your peace, Jesus? It's a byproduct of who you are. God, we give you the past and we give you the future. And we follow the simple words you spoke, Jesus, follow me. 
And it's in those words that we find peace because we know who we're following. God, we give this morning to you. We give our lives to you. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. In your name, everyone said, amen.